Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive-through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. Throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Tuesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We got all kinds of stuff we can get into. Uh, wrapping up the NFL week. Uh, man, what a bad night last night in Arizona. Uh, Kyler Murray goes down with what everyone is assuming is a torn ACL, a non-contact injury uh, that uh, I, I think at this point it would be fairly surprising if it, that isn't what the injury is uh, there's no official word but that's certainly what everyone in Arizona and, and him and Kyler himself is bracing to hear uh, the news that that is the injury so a tough break for him uh, there's some other stuff that we can talk about NFL wise Brock Purdy is that a real thing is that are we gonna are we jumping on the the Brock Purdy bandwagon here interesting uh, but he was really good and San Francisco is loaded around him, so I don't know. Maybe Brock Purdy can do it. I don't. They don't need a lot. And Debo Samuel looks like he's going to be okay. And when it looked like he might be in the same boat as Kyler was last night, so there's some stuff around the Niners there. Uh, Tua and Mike McDaniel, they've been kind of the toast of the league in a lot of ways offensively this year. After what happened to them on Sunday night, can they figure it out? I think this is going to be a really interesting time for the Dolphins to see if if their coach and their quarterback are the combination moving forward or is this something uh, at least one of those two and obviously I think at this point it would be Tua that would be maybe pushed aside and, and somebody else get in there. High school hoops we've got games tonight right, right off the top here and note Elk City hosts Jones this evening. Those games have been moved to a 6 o'clock start not the normal 6.30 so 6 o'clock start for Elk City and Jones tonight, the home uh, home opener of the season for the Elkettes and the Big Elks. Elkettes will tip off at 6 instead of the normal 6.30, and we'll continue to pound that throughout the day. Look at the rankings this week. Look at tonight's games and what's coming up this week as we approach the Christmas break part of the schedule and then uh, get ready for the, the sprint to the finish starting in January. So we'll talk high school hoops as well. And then right off the top of the show, sad news uh, came down uh, this morning and that uh, last night Mike Leach did pass away at the age of 61. So we'll talk about uh, what, what he meant uh, to not only this state but college football as a whole, and, and actually football as a whole in my mind, uh, with his contributions to the game and that sport of football. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. 
888-900-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. Whatever is on your mind, feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. You can log on to kadsam.com. You can download the app. Paragon Naps got it all. Three radio stations. It's got the Penny News. Brand new edition of the Penny News. We'll hit the website tonight at midnight at thepennynews.com. So you can go out and get you a fresh copy of this week's and then uh, at midnight you can check it out and then that, that next week's will be out there as well in a lot of places tomorrow afternoon for sure by Thursday everywhere. Uh, Big Elk TV, Paragon TV, all kinds of high school hoops on the docket for tonight we're going to tell you about here in the middle of the show. Then also the Speeding, uh, Skinny on Sports podcast. If you miss the show entirely, you can go back and on demand find the the day you want to listen to a subject you want to listen to you can find it right there k-a-d-s-a-m.com or itunes hi jared good morning how are you this morning i'm well how are you doing i'm okay i'm okay how about that rain did you get some of that 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 stuff bubble up your way oh yeah last night i uh oh i got up to to use the restroom at one point just past midnight or so and i could see lightning Mm. Out the window, coming. It was really kind of back to the west, though. It yeah. wasn't there yet. As I lay back down before I went back to sleep, oh yeah, I could hear the you know just start raining really hard. It didn't last very long. It didn't seem like, but maybe it's because I dozed off and woke back up or whatever. But yeah, oh yeah, it, it blew through there pretty good. And and what's crazy is this week. So on the twelfth of December. There's been multiple reports of tornadoes across the state of Oklahoma. I know it's saw some, some damage in Wayne of a house. Yeah. Fast forward you know, a week, 10 days, and we're looking at a Siberian cold snap that's going to be blowing down uh, the, the Christmas week into maybe even Christmas. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it truly is that, that saying. We've all heard it that have lived around here for a long time. If you don't like the weather in Oklahoma, just wait five minutes. It truly is kind of like that. Yeah, it's true. That's crazy. Crazy stuff. Yeah. What about you? Did y'all get some of it? Oh, yeah. It it kept me up. My wife slept right through it, even though she nudged me and said, will you check the weather? Yeah. (laughs) This morning, I was like, hey, I didn't do that. Yeah, you did. And you you even looked at my phone, and I was looking at the radar. Yeah, I forgot that. I always forget to check uh, my rain gauge. But it, we had some pretty substantial puddles in the front yard, so um, I'll take the, uh, I'll take the, uh, the moisture for sure. Well, Did you get um, was a uh, severe thunderstorm warning I issued for know. your area? I don't. I, I saw it, it was in Washington. Wheeler, County. I say, when I was right before I dozed off, went to sleep the first time, I saw it, the AccuWeather popped up and it it was out in for Wheeler mm-hmm. coming that way. Uh, I'm sure it probably it felt like that whole line was just kind of a one big severe thunderstorm. I guess yeah. we can ask Sean. He was here. He came up to do the weather. That's you are pulling my chain. No, I'm serious. Whatever. That's what he said. He did not. That's what he said. He was here doing the weather. I don't night. believe it. That's what he claimed. Okay. Well, kudos if he did. I, I was just, wondering whose night it was. I, I knew did, it wasn't I, mine. I knew it wasn't mine. That's yeah. that's. I know what my nights are, but I knew it wasn't mine. I should know. Well, what am I going to do? But I don't believe that Sean came in here. <laughs> That's what he said. Do you think he came in here so he can go, okay, well, I was here at 2, so left. I'm going home. <coughs> he never actually did any weather reports. 
<laughs> is there any proof? Yeah, is there any proof we should? I wasn't up at that time. <laughs> I can just only go by what he was saying. Well, if he did, good for him. Kudos. That, that's a model employee. That's how you're supposed to do it. If it's your severe weather night or morning, <laughs> come cover it. Good deal. Good deal. So, yeah, it's it's been a really, man, I don't know what, it, and it's, I don't know what it's like over here yesterday, So I wasn't over here yesterday, but there was times yesterday afternoon, mm-hmm. early evening, yeah, where I couldn't even see, you know, we were at Sarah National yesterday when we were there. It was a little bit foggy, but not terrible. Man, yesterday afternoon, there was times where I couldn't even see the trees that outline the far east boundary of the golf course, kind of down number five. Well, let me tell you. And that can't be more than, I don't know, a couple hundred foot? Yeah, when I left Sarah yesterday, yeah, it felt like that yeah. fog was lifting, but when mm-hmm. I left coming back, it was still... Yeah, and see, and it got way worse than it was then. Yeah. Way worse, at least it, right there at my house. You know, I'm driving up... Because I could see... I mean, I could see clear to the interstate. I could see the overpass. Okay. When you when we left mm-hmm. the golf course, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, between. But it looked like heading east. It was the fog was more dense it than was. just right there on on two eighty three. When I got back into Elk over there by Hutch's west side, and I'm and I know where I'm at, but I'm thinking, I where is the stoplight? Right, like, I know where I'm at. Right, I I just passed the the restaurant there, but I still couldn't see the stoplight, and I still couldn't see this. And I knew, you know, I'm slowing down and everything. I'm just afraid, boom, a truck or something would be in right. front of me. But it was pretty pretty <clears> dense. <throat> and leaving here on uh, yesterday at right after five, it was see that's still about pretty. That's pretty, about the timing. Yeah. It was probably somewhere in that three thirty to five o'clock range where <clears throat> Wyatt and I were sitting there on the in the living room and i kind of looked out the window and i went dude check it out and you couldn't even you couldn't see the trees yeah and that's i mean gosh let's see i could probably actually figure out exactly how far it is from that from where i was sitting it was probably 35 yards to the our road then you go across the highway however far that is four lanes of traffic 100 yards yeah little over it's probably 150 120 yards <clears throat> and you couldn't see he absolutely couldn't i mean <clears throat> he couldn't even see the the light pole on the far on the west side he could see the one on the east side but he couldn't see it on the west i mean it was like whoa that's some it just rolled in like a cloud yeah it made our neighborhood look really cool <clears throat> with all the christmas lights right all of our all of our neighbors including our, us have christmas lights up and it made it look cool at night you know because mm-hmm. it kind of illuminates it with that fog but then when that wind came in and then the storm right behind it that was pretty wild weather but i'll take all the rain we can get all the moisture we can get either in any kind of form whether it be fog or or severe weather like we had last night yeah it's crazy and then it's going to be cold coming up next week uh, man, sad news uh, out of the world of sports, college football in particular. I think when we discussed this a little bit yesterday, I feel like we knew what the result was going to be. It just wasn't official yet. I mean, all the reports you had heard were just catastrophic. Um, and then it started seeping out that, yes, it was a heart attack that Mike, that Mike Leach suffered. 
and he was uh, it just he was in a spot where he didn't get the medical attention he needed for too long to be able to 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 have a fighting chance to to make it past what happened to him. And so Mike Leach dies at the age of 61, uh, survived by his wife and four kids. You know, one of my buddies was texted yesterday about it. Did did you know that he had a wife and four kids? I probably assumed he had a wife. I don't See, I assumed I, he didn't. I just because of his nature, you know yeah. what I mean? He just kind of seemed like a free spirit a little bit there. Right. I guess I just kind of – first off, I didn't know. And second off, I guess I just kind of assumed, ah, he's just kind of his own guy. Uh, but he turns out he does have a wife and four kids. Um, mm. Man, I, I don't – it is hard to find a football game at any level being played right now. It is hard to find one that you won't see Mike Leach's footprints on. He is a pioneer of what became the spread offense. I saw a story yesterday uh, that he was talking about, being interviewed, talking about how the Air Raid name came about. <clears throat> really? Yes, and it was uh, it, early on in, in, in that time uh, before Kentucky with Hal Mummy, I think at Mount Union, people were trying to figure out what to call it, what to call it, and uh, somebody found a literally a, a literal old air raid siren, and it started being blown every time they'd score a touchdown. Oh, okay. And so, and then the name just stuck as air raid. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. But but he is not the best coach of this generation. But I think he's the pioneer and leader of what this generation of football has become. You cannot tell oh, yeah. you cannot you will not be able to tell the story of football without having a couple of chapters dedicated to Mike Leach. That's true. And at every level. I mean we saw it when we played Cushing, right? The that, that Well it's every it's it, everywhere. And it and, but you can trace and you could probably, you know, either be an inspired by or find roots to Mike Leach. Obviously with uh what Coach Stoops did bring in Mike Leach into to Norman and help jumpstart their offense and, and jumpstart OU's uh, dominance again. And then what he did at Texas Tech, arguably the best coach Texas Tech has ever had. I don't even think that's an argument. Um, and then there's his coaching tree. I mean, last night's game, right? I mean, there's there's connections there with with the Arizona Cardinals in in, in Kingsbury and in that offense and in yeah, it's it's amazing, and and then outside of him being a coach, just him being an overall good guy. You know, you always heard of these great coaches, and then then off the court or field, they're jerks. You know, they're just unapproachable and just hard nosed and and no personality. <laughs> this dude had a personality and he had a heart. Yeah, I mean, a lawyer. <clears throat> yeah, his, his, his intelligence. Guy. Yeah, you don't see very many guys ascend to the level that he ascended to in the in the sport of college football on the coaching side that never played it. He never played one ounce of it. And yet his intellect and his ability to learn and adapt all the way back to to going, you know, BYU times watching Lavelle Edwards and going, man, that's cool, the way they pass it around. And then Wanting to learn what that was, and then being, you know, going to Pepperdine and getting his law degree. And I read a quote that he told his wife 
and they ask him he was asked you know years later what did you how did you talk your wife into letting you become a, a, a football coach when you had a law degree <laughs> and he said well i just sat her down and i told her i can make a lot of money and come home unhappy every night or i can make a little bit less money and come home very happy every night and she said well i'd rather you be happy and he said okay me too so let's go let's try this coaching thing um and then like you said the 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 impact that he had not only on oklahoma football because he was only there a year right <clears throat> and so there's no doubt that that started the trend that's why i call it a jump start yeah. just okay hey we got you going now but the yeah. entire big 12 yeah the, yeah the entire conference changed the way were forced to change the way they played defense. And even in a lot of ways, a bunch of people were forced to change their offensive philosophy as well to be able to keep up with what he started here at OU and then obviously cultivated and was just fantastic out at Texas Tech for all those years. Uh, you know, you think about the quarterbacks that ran through there and the way that <clears throat> the way that they played the game of football, it, it totally it, it was something completely different. And it, 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 that impact can't be understated because not only did it, did it happen here, it happened in the SEC with Kentucky and, and throwing it 50 times a game with Tim Couch and that catching the eye of a young defensive coordinator at Florida that thought to himself, wait a minute, when I get a head coaching job, I want that guy <laughs> yeah. to be with me because I, I, I can't stop that. And you know, and then and then obviously, uh, the the different coaches you mentioned and his his legacy will live on throughout college and professional football because of the guys that learned underneath him. And at one point, they were naming off the names, and I was driving over on one of those Texas Tech staffs early on. You're talking about Dave Aranda's on that staff, Art Bryles is on that staff, Dana Holgerson is on that staff, Lincoln Riley's a little graduate assistant running around, and I mean just those four amongst the, a bunch of others that, that you could put underneath there. Kingsbury, obviously, is one uh, in the NFL. It's an amazing an amazing influence uh, that he has had on football. Yeah, and that list, I'd love to see, like, a visual <clears throat> tree, you know, of, of Mike Leach and everything underneath them. And, and, but, yeah, that it's, it's crazy is that the, that offense, that air raid offense – that was that is well over 25 plus years old uh you know at least his version of it it's amazing how it is sustained it's still a thing it's still the offense that everybody you would love to master because if you master that offense it's like you said dang near hard to stop you can almost you can just hope to contain it and we've seen some pretty entertaining games, whether between obviously OU and Texas Tech, you know, whipping around the field over and over. Or, and you mentioned the Big 12 because it had that far reach throughout the entire Big 12. How many entertaining games have we seen because of both teams throwing it all over the place, using that air raid offense? And we have Mike Leach to thank for that. He made Saturday afternoons a lot of fun. Yeah, no doubt. And, and the game has changed forever because of, of his contributions to it. All, all throughout football, and it and it'll it always it always uh, evolves and it always adapts uh, to different things, and I think that's the one the one thing that he probably that that offense probably probably doesn't get enough credit for, and it is the adaptability, depending on 
who is the one calling the shots. Him, mm-hmm. it was a it was you know a throw it around, <coughs> a true air raid quote unquote type thing. But you look at just the the guys that have taken and ran with it from his own staffs. There's a bunch of different iterations of it. You can use, you know, some use more run game, spread it out to run it more than others with all the same principles still there. So I think that's the one thing that it is more adaptable and it is more flexible than what I think it gets credit for just because everyone, especially around here, remembers how it started at Oklahoma versus what it became even even the next year and, and, and you know on throughout the times but uh, I also think it it goes to show the sustainability of it when Oklahoma in the early 2010s were maybe struggling just a little bit on offense yeah and what did Bob Stoops do he went back to those air raid roots by hiring offensive coordinator from East Carolina named Lincoln Riley that literally played for and coached under Mike Leach. Yeah. And how and how it just it is able to sustain and, and to keep going and moving forward. And Stoops so. even openly says, like, this is what we had success with, with and we went away from it, so I'm going back to it. And right. It made sense to go get him, yeah. It did. So uh, it's a sad day, uh, not only here in this state, but just for football in general. Um, and, and, and as a person – you know the 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 clips are endless. Oh yeah, with yeah. with Mike Leach and in, in the way that, gosh, it didn't even matter what you ask him, you're going to hear something, and it may not have anything to do with what you ask him. A golf writer here, Kevin Van Valkenburg, I just sent out a tweet that said, uh, I I once called Leach to ask him about uh, how Mummy. I was doing a story on how Mummy, and um, and how they kind of changed football. He said, "Instead, I got a twenty or thirty-minute dissertation on Geronimo, which we, you know, they've heard those <laughs> a bunch about how he was uh, doing that, and the Apache Warriors and the Medicine Man. I got to learn all about that <laughs> instead of what I was asking Did about." Did you see the the tweet or seri- the tweet thread of the guy? Yeah, he's an OU beat writer, and his story about Mike Leach, about how his his dad gave Mike Leach a ride. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, it was George Sto- Stoya or something yeah. like that? Yeah. And he, it was obviously back in '99. They're they're at practice over at the rugby fields, and the coaches would jog back to the coach's office. And of course, Mike Leach was like, "I'm not jogging." And this rider's dad said, "Hey, you want a ride?" So he gave him a ride. It said an hour later, after talking with them in his car and telling them how great it is that families all live in an apartment complex, and and just went on and on and on about it. So years later, he's talking the the kid, the son of of the dad, was interviewing Leach about Lincoln Riley, and he mentioned, "Hey, you had met my dad before. You were talking about apartments and stuff, and thinking that he wouldn't remember him." And at the end of that conversation, Leach says, "Hey, and tell your dad thanks for the ride." Right, and that's that goes to show you how a personable guy he was. Yeah, the the one that that Riley always told. <clears throat> was he was riding in the car with him, with Leach. And the phone rings, and he talks, and he talks, and he talks. 15, 20, 30 minutes maybe. And then, like, the connection gets broken. Hmm. And so Leach hangs up, calls calls right back, and talks for another 15, 20 minutes or whatever it is. 
is you know it's a 45 minute conversation and you know finally they hang up and lincoln says well who was that and he goes i don't know it's the wrong number (laughs) wow which is you know it sounds like something that mike leach would do (laughs) that is great that's a good story but now he's uh it, it you know you, you saw these you're gonna we're losing a national treasure and that kind of thing that could be a, a tick overstated but at the same time stories like that all, all those different stories that that P, everyone has them everyone remembers them from uh from what he did that's the part that you'll even the, you know the football thing has already been kind of cemented as a legacy the way that he helped change and did change football mm-hmm. and the way it's played. But the part that you kind of miss is is not knowing, not being able to, to have a couple more of those crazy questions when, when somebody asks him after a game about Halloween and he starts dissertation on the candies and why he likes this one better than the other or whatever it, whatever or, or it may be. Or giving wedding advice. <laughs> yeah, or or da- I just heard one yeah. over giving dating advice. Dating advice, you, yeah. He had a, a, you know, sometimes it's frowned upon when someone says, man, that guy has an opinion about everything. Not with Mike Leach. You love to hear his opinion about everything. Yeah, because he was so smart. Yes. That you kind of just, okay, of course he can think. You almost, you, I assumed, I guess, that he had probably thought about this before, no matter what it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just because of the way he was. And and how much the, the reading that he did and he well read. I just assumed that no matter what the question and no matter what his answer, it was coming from some sort of educated thing. Just because he was like the smartest right. guy in the room. But the difference was a lot of times the smartest guy in the room, you could spot him because they try to make you know that they are. Yeah. He wasn't that way. No. No. He just kind of went on about his business. And it was entertaining to say the least and it's a it's a sad day uh all over football uh, and then uh tyler mccomas I, I saw this earlier i thought man what a great idea we, we see different tributes here and there when when things like this happen you know yeah and, and first plays taking a guy off the field you know whatever it might be right right tyler mccomas said i'm really hoping ou comes out in the ninja formation on the first offensive play of the bowl game oh that'd be cool That'd be really cool. That'd be very cool. It really would. uh, Because I remember seeing that the first time and going, what? What is happening? Right. And and especially, I think, for a fan base, it could not have been more 180, right? Oh, yeah. The glory days of the wishbone and throwing it three times a game only because you had to, to running it three times a game only because somebody told you you probably ought to run it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, and I think that was another part about it that ends up making it making it more personal, I think, for for OU fans, just because of the way I think Mike Leach showed a bunch of people in this state that you could indeed play offensive football a different way. And I think a bunch of people didn't believe it before it actually happened. Yep. Yep. And now it's hard to imagine going back the other way. Oh, I know. After seeing two two decades of dominant offensive football, it's hard to imagine any other way of playing football. And Mike Leach was a huge part of that. Yeah, he will be missed. 
It is a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We'll tell you all about Rodney and the gang down at Paul Jones Drug when we come back with some high school basketball rankings. What's going on tonight? Also, game change, game time change for Oak City and Jones. This is Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust the skinny on sport welcome back skinny on sports 98.1 fm the sports animal hanging out in studio on a paul jones drug tuesday paul jones the experienced compounding they are the oldest compounding pharmacy in elk city free delivery drive-through pickup, curbside testing, and vaccinations, which I'm sure a bunch of people are taking advantage of right now, can test it for flu or strep or COVID or whatever. <laughs> it's all over the place. It uh, is. Long-term care, unit packaging, those are blister packs uh, there as well. We'll tell you the rest uh, about Paul Jones Drug as we move along throughout the show. Paul Jones Drug, care you can trust at 809 North Main, right here in Elk City. Uh, games tonight, Jared. First off, Elk City and Jones has been moved to 6 o'clock on the start. <coughs> so, six, uh, yeah, 6 o'clock start for Elk City and Jones tonight. The home opener here at the Pioneer Center for the Elkettes and the Big Elks. Jones, Lady Longhorns come in. The two-time defending state champion in Class 3A. They come in. With the two and one record, uh, and that'll be they're a fantastic team. They got a bunch of girls back uh, for Coach Jenny Holbrook off of those teams. Uh, the guard play for them is phenomenal. If you've never seen them play, it is really they, they got really really good guards. I've seen uh, them there at yeah. Jones. Yeah, they're that's a good team. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but the Elkettes started two and one. Hoping to get to see. I was hoping that maybe they'd sneak into the bottom of that top 20 to no avail. So that didn't happen. Uh, but here we go with uh, Elk City and Jones tonight. Six o'clock start. Six o'clock start. Don't forget that. Really no explanation. Just I uh, just moved it up. Just moved it up. That's all right. Just moved up the time. I'm sure to get them back. I mean, it. You know, it's a it's Tuesday. It's, it's a long trip. It's a little bit of a trip for them, <clears throat> and it and it's one of those things that, quite frankly, they're not. What do you think the longest trip that Jones makes is? Like on a regular basis. On a regular um, basis, thirty minutes. I'm trying to think. Where, you know, I always forget where Jones is at. East they, Oklahoma City. East of OKC. East, yeah, yeah kind of north east and side. east, south and east. Yeah, north and east a little. I don't know, maybe they have to go to Washington, maybe Paul's Valley. I don't know. You got their schedule? I was fixing to get it. Point is, they're not used to making two-hour bus rides. I'm just telling you right now. <clears throat> I don't feel like that happens very often. I so, always giggle when people think Oak City is far. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's way out there. 
They did go to Arkansas to the Tournament of Champions. Yeah, but I mean like on That's a, reg- a tournament. Like yeah, regular okay. season. Here's, okay. okay, Chandler, right. Dale. Dale's probably 30 minutes. Tecumseh probably the same. Little Axe, Luther, McLeod, Hera, Bethel, Mount St. Mary. <clears throat> where, where, They're coming to Sayre. <laughs> they are oh, coming. no, no, Sayre's coming there. Sayre's going there. Sayre's going there. Huh. That's wild. Two Beckham County schools. What are the odds of that? Uh, probably not very good, but that's crazy. Anyways. No, they do not have to travel a lot. Yeah, not a lot of travel. Not a lot of travel. <clears throat> Until tonight. So, anyway, 6 o'clock for the Elkettes. Tip time. Big Elks to follow. Home opener against Jones. What else we got on the tab? Where, where are you at tonight? Uh, home against Arapahoe. <laughs> Isn't that wild? I apologize to my listeners on or viewers on Saturday. I kept saying back at Arapahoe on Tuesday, back at Arapahoe, until a, somebody caught me and said, hey, isn't my schedule says it's at home. Anyways, it is at home um, uh, against Arapahoe, who they who Canute and Arapahoe, they squared off on Saturday in both two pretty tight games going into the fourth quarter. So when those two teams always meet up, it's always fun. So that should be another fun one tonight. Uh, what else we got? Leedy is at Arnett. Hollis, newest member of the Paragon family. They're at Hobart. And Navajo is in Hammond tonight. Did I get it all covered? I missed anybody? Leedy, Arnett, Navajo, Hammond, Hollis, Hobart. That's what the... Rappo and Canute. Rappo and Canute. Looks like it. Let's look at the rankings. <clears throat> Are there any major moves? With what happened over the weekend. Let's go to – I want to go to 2A. Yeah, there's Merritt, number eight. eight. As we talked about yesterday, yep. somewhere in the top ten um, would be where we thought they would be, and mm-hmm. sure enough, they are right there at number eight. Hooker, we mentioned about every one of these teams yesterday, Ampo, Pecola, Dale, mm-hmm. uh, kind of in that top eight. But, uh, yeah, they're the Merritt Oilerettes, absolutely deserving uh, to be there with what they did uh, this weekend. In Class A, Arapaho 10, Canute 8. So the Trojanettes fell just a couple of spots there after the five-county tournament. Uh, Hammond stayed right at number three in Class B. Leedy, did they move up? They're 11th now. I think they may have moved up one spot. I think they were 12th with a consolation title uh, there at the five-county on the girls' side. Anybody else? That's it on the girls' side. Boys-wise mentioned to you off the air, uh, Elk City's had a tough start on the boys' side as far as the schedule goes. Class 5A, number one, Carl Albert. Class 4A, number three, Weatherford. And then also uh, Clinton. So one and two start probably to be expected with some of those <laughs> some of those games that are on the schedule early uh, for the Big Elks. In class, let's see, Sayre about, shows up and it's number 20. Four and one. <clears throat> They went two and one in the um, Moreland tournament over the weekend. Yeah, it looks like four and two. What, what I it said ought two to be four. And it says four and one right there on the ranking side, but you click on their schedule. Oh yeah, it they does. played last night and lost to Snyder. You know what's funny? Um, before the show, that was not applied, <laughs> and then oh, it was. Well, so. I bet Rich got to school. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, that's that's what, what I bet happened. you happened. Okay. Yeah, Rich got to school and got it uh, put in there, be my guess. 
Gotcha. Uh, but the Eagles there at number 20. His twins, um, Clayton Mossberg. That could be a pretty good team by the time it's over. Uh, let's see. Arapaho, number 12 in Class A. Arapaho Butler. After a uh, third-place finish in the five-county. Boys' side, Class B. Leedy's number four. I think that's right where they were last week as well. Surprised Sentinel didn't move just a little bit. Um with a runner-up finish. And, and another team, Granite. Did they win? No, they got beat in the finals by Glencoe. The best of the West. Uh, the best of the Southwest tournament. How about Glencoe? <clears throat> How do they end up in the best of the Southwest tournament? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not that plugged in down there. I don't know. Well, Glencoe's by Stillwater. Right. Anyway. They, they had an up, opening. <laughs> yeah, they had, an, they had an opening and Glencoe Are came in one. southwest of Stillwater? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. But uh, a good showing by Granite. Beat Hollis <clears throat> in the semifinals. Went to overtime in the first game against Arapahoe Butler. So that could be uh, what the, the Panthers might be one to watch here in the kind of the middle of uh, Class B, along with Sentinel. And then, of course, Leedy. Leedy looks pretty good so far this season. Anything else from the rankings that kind of stand out to you? No. All looks pretty good to me. We waited on Ceiling to play. And uh, they did this weekend at the tournament in Alva, which they won. Still find it hard to believe that other people are getting a first place vote in Class A girls outside of ceiling. Oh, wishful thinking, I think, is what it is. But there are teams that are doing it. I mean, what they beat Alva in Alva is Alva ranked this year. Oh, yeah, they are ranked eighth and 3A. Yeah, and they beat them by uh, 25. Mm-hmm. 59 to 34. But as we saw in the five county, you have to still go out and play. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be Lomega and Hammond in the finals in Class B. Watch out. We learned a valuable lesson last year, did we not? With the team that's ranked number two in the defending state champions. Yep. Pittsburgh. And if I remember right, they had almost everybody back. They were a young squad i thought so too i wouldn't yeah all returning i was pretty sure they returned everybody yep bunch of juniors and some sophomores if i remember right yeah there you go they have everybody back that's what i thought pittsburgh now listen you you don't get a night that they had against hammond all the time because they were just unconscious from behind exactly they they shot it's just one of those nights i mean the the lady warriors they didn't have almost anything they could do. They right? tried everything. Yeah, and it just it, it seemed the like everything going in the basket. Pittsburgh threw up, it went in, and we were looking at each other with wide eyes like, wow, they can't miss. Yeah, I think uh, I remember Mark coming on with us before the state tournament, and he said Pittsburgh would win Class B girls. And he we were kind of like, what? Yeah, he called it. He goes, oh, yeah, they got this. And, that. and it was their first title in school history, I believe, if I remember right. I think so. And he was down there doing that game. 
when we were watching. I just texted him like, oh, my gosh. He goes, oh, listen, I didn't know they were going to do this. <clears throat> Anybody can win if they shoot the ball like that. And, man, they did. But, uh, oh, Hammond will be there. They'll be around. No doubt about it. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. If I, let's, let's do this coming out of the five county. It feels like we always do it. Boys and girls in the Paragon Network. If I set the over under at three and a half, over under three and a half state tournament teams and the Paragon Network, what do you say? Oh, wow. My heart wants to say over. Wow, oh, man, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll go with over. I'll go with over based on what these rankings have told us right now. If these rankings uh, hold true when the playoffs uh, are announced, makes sense. Yeah. If the paths are favorable for the teams I'm thinking of, which they usually are for Leedy, Leedy boys, right? We mentioned Hammond. Uh, Merritt girls are looking really good. And I, I still got hope for the canoe girls. Marapahos are always always. Marapahos are always in the mix. I'll go under. You go under. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think they're going to be three. And don't ask me who the third one's going to be. <laughs> Leedy Hammond, Leedy boys, Hammond girls. I feel pretty comfortable that those are two. Uh, me too. And it just takes two more to and get I'm, over. I can comfortably that seems say, short. I will, when you say it like that, that seems short. <laughs> seems like over is the better play. Well, yeah, because I've, when you when you think, okay, Hammond and Leedy are going to be. I just there. witnessed Arapaho this this weekend, mm-hmm. so it, and I failed to even think. So yeah, I'm comfortable saying over. Yeah, but sometimes they can cannibalize each other. Yeah, that's sometimes the problem. It, it, it helps when you don't play each other, right? Until Not very what often would be the state you seen, tournament? You know, they don't put. Canute and Rappo doesn't feel like it area. feels like Arapahoe goes north and Canute goes south, right? Which Leedy and Hammond are that way a lot of times too. Yep. Yeah. There's we could have a good showing this year. Oh, I agree. It's it and it is it's way harder to do that now than when you actually see what the paths are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's our first guess. No. So when we gonna do this again when the playoffs? Yeah, we'll are do drawn. it again when the when the when the brackets are drawn. But just coming out of the five county, I'll go three. I'll I'll stay under. Okay. Even though when it's you when s- you think of it like okay, if you think of having two quote unquote locks, all you need is two more out of what is that? How many schools? Fourteen. So twelve teams. It seems very 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 doable. Mm-hmm. But I will. You can go over. I'll go under. I think I said under last year, and it ended up over again. Oh, yeah. From the text line, have we seen him? And yes, we have seen him and girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen them live, but I've watched them on Paragon sure. TV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty good. I was Pretty really good. I if mean, their shots are not falling, they're, they get in trouble. Saw that twice in the tournament over the weekend. One yeah. they one they got out of, and the other one was in the finals. Yeah, I mean, gosh, Finley West, but the finals at twenty-seven and nineteen. Yeah. Ooh. Yep. And lost. That's what's crazy. Yeah. We'll be back.
Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive-through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. Skinny on sports. You can't say on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Welcome back. Skinny on sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. It's a Paul Jones drug Tuesday. Rodney Skinner and the gang at Paul Jones drug care. You can trust with free delivery right here in the Elk City area. Got convenience packaging. As we talk about it every Tuesday, individual packaging for your daily medication. That means you don't have to have your pill caddy. You don't have to fill your pill caddy and make sure that you have the right dosage, the right amounts, the right pills, the right days. No, 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 no. Paul Jones Drug does that for you. And you just open up your package of pills, take them each day, and move on down life's path. Uh, they got DME, which is durable medical equipment. Walkers, canes, crutches, wraps, braces, etc., most insurances are accepted. Also, gifts and greeting cards. I know everybody's got different uh, Christmas parties or you know dirty Santas with the family or whatever. Great gift card, uh, great uh, gifts down there to fill your needs at Paul Jones Drug. NFL wrapped up last night on Monday night with the New England Patriots knocking off the Arizona Cardinals. The big story coming out of that, Kyler Murray looks all but certain that he's got a, it says little doubt, source says, that Murray has a torn ACL. Crazy. We've seen him do exactly what he's what he did on that play hundreds and hundreds of times. And last night, just the knee gave way. And there for a little bit, it felt like every other play somebody was going out of that game after Kyler. Then it was Ramondre Stevenson. Then it was... Um, uh, Devontae Parker. Then it was James Conner. I mean, it just felt like every other play there was somebody getting hurt. Uh, but New England hangs on to win. What uh, your takeaways from this week in the NFL? Oh well, immediately the the Kyler Murray injury, uh, devastating. But when you play that style of football, it, eventually your body's going to give. Um, it's not sustainable as long as you would like it to be. I mean, just look at Lamar Jackson, and, and he's dealing with an injury that they hope to get him back by uh, this season or for the playoffs. You know, I, I, I've always questioned Josh Allen's um, physicality and how he plays that position. It's awesome. It's fun to watch, and it inspires his team a lot, I think, to win. But it is not sustained. You can't do that season after season. His body will break down. Um, so – it's fun to have those mobile quarterbacks, those those built-like-a-tank quarterbacks, and see them do that. But at the end of the day, for long-term success, you want the Tom Brady's, the the Dan Marino's, the, you know, the guys that can stand in the pocket and make the throw. But make those necessary plays in big moments. You know, John Elway comes to mind in the Super Bowl. Um, maybe it's a lesson that will be learned. We're seeing all these injuries like this from key players, especially at the quarterback position, that 
it it the the NFs, NFL style West Coast style of sit in the pocket and throw it is the way you become a, a long time successful quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, when you think about guys that are doing that now, um, Burrow comes to mind. Obviously, he's got enough athletic ability to move, but he doesn't want to run. Right. You know, Herbert is in that category. Well, he probably learned that really early in his career. Well, he got hurt. He got uh, hurt. I mean, but it wasn't running. But no, the point but, is, though. He, but that might have been a blessing in disguise. Because mm-hmm. imagine if he doesn't get hurt and he still is trying to. Well, I mean, you or, see Josh you know, Allen. It seems like every week he's jumping over somebody. Yeah, I know. And that's great now in his early 20s. But the wear and tear will have to take. I mean, because I know a lot of people say, well, Kyler didn't. He got hurt on a play. He didn't get hit. That's true. But how much does the wear and tear of getting that small body hit throughout an NFL season contribute to that happening. There's no way to tell, but you got to think it makes some sort of difference. Mm-hmm. Question on the text line about coaches. I think that's interesting. Which NFL coaches are in trouble? Is Rivera at Washington? Boy, I don't think so. No. Not for him. I mean, they're you look at they're in the playoffs right now, aren't they? Uh yeah, as of as of today. Like the last wild card team, I believe. Uh, the Giants are the last wild card team. Oh, okay. Because the Commanders have a better win percentage in the division than the Giants. That's the difference. So I, I don't see any way that he's getting fired if his team makes it to the playoffs, unless he just kind of run down. You know, he's had the the, the cancer in the past. Um. I will say, when you when you think about guys, I think we saw one last night that's Dan. Ma- that, well, say so Washington's at the sixth spot. If it did, yeah. Well, there's seven teams that make the playoffs. Well, I know. Yeah, I yeah, know. He's he. Oh, they, I said the last spot. I yeah. understand what you said. Okay. Um, I think we saw Dead Man Walking last night, in the form of Cliff King Kingsbury. Oh, absolutely. I would be shocked if he makes it if he makes it to next season, there in Arizona. And I wonder with this injury with Kyler, the the problem for Arizona is they gave in. And you say, what do you mean they gave in? They gave in this offseason by signing Kyler earlier than they had to. And so now, even if you wanted to get away from the Kyler Cliff era, you can't. Yeah. Get away from part of it. But you can't get away from all of it. But I, I he him... It's hard to imagine uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Denver. Is he making it? Probably not. No, that was a that's a disaster. <clears throat> Josh McDaniels rumblings about him as well. First year at uh, at Vegas, and there's always some that are surprising. You know, obviously, Carolina is going to be looking. They're already looking for a coach. The Dennis Allen experiment in New Orleans hasn't gone great, but you can blame that on Jameis getting hurt, I guess. McVay, not not a firing for Sean McVay, but a, you wonder if he's going to call it quits, do something else for a little bit. Hard for me to see that. But I'll tell you who's not getting fired. Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. Head coach of the Detroit Lions. Oh, no, no, no. That dude ain't getting fired anytime soon. Not at all. The Lions are fun. One in six to start. Now they've won five of their last six. 
They're just a game away, uh, just one game out of the playoff. The playoffs? The Lions? What? They are fun. Jared Goff looks like a pretty good NFL quarterback, back to kind of where he was, getting no credit taking the Rams to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and then he played terrible in it, and that didn't help him. But I think the, if you look, the Lions – Hold the tiebreak over both the Commanders and the G-Men. So that... Oh, could they? Man, I'm telling you. They got at Jets this week. Winnable. Which we thought Vikings would have been a tough one this past weekend, which they won. But then after that, at Panthers, host the Bears at the Packers. Gosh, you think it you feel like three out of four is doable there, don't you? Yeah. And you can see and Seattle, if they win them all. Seattle right above them at seven and six. You've seen the rest of their schedule? What is it? I'm going off the top of my head. It it is daunting. Um ah, why can't I click on that? I've got it. At Chiefs, Jets, Rams, and Niners. Yeah. Eesh. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Lions could sneak in. Well, there. and, and you okay. mentioned Carolina. I mean, could Carolina overtake Tampa Bay? Boy, maybe as a division leader with what Tampa looked like. Yeah, that's this is setting up pretty good for the Lions. If they can win three out of four with the with what the Seattle Seahawks have as their schedule, and then owning the tiebreak against both the Commanders and the G Men, gosh, the Lions are in really good spot. You see the yeah, but, I'm seeing. It. That's funny. When's the last time you had the Lions beating the Packers? Gosh, would have had to been in the Don Mikowski days, right? It's right before Brett Favre took over, which would be about the same time that DC Mayor Marion Barry was snorting <laughs> cocaine. So yeah, we're we're all in about the right <laughs> the same time frame here. <clears throat> what was it? Ninety one. I think nineteen ninety one is the last time that uh, Detroit has won a playoff game. Do you know who they beat? I'm going to say Dallas. It was Dallas. Okay. Right before the Cowboys won two straight Super Bowls. Mm. Beat them in the divisional round, and then they got – then Detroit went to Washington and got beat in the NFC title game. And the Redskins won the Super Bowl over the Bills in Minnesota. You remember what happened on the first play from scrimmage for the Bills offense in that Super Bowl? No. How do you know all this? Remember all this? No, I don't remember. Thurman Thomas – was supposed to be in the game. He couldn't find his helmet, so Kenneth Davis had oh. to had to run that play. And it he it was would have been like everybody, even the Redskin people, look at the way it was blocked and were like, oh my gosh, that'd have been a touchdown. Thurman Thomas scores on that play, and instead he was looking for his helmet. And the backup running back went the wrong hole, and he got tackled. Wasn't that on a movie? It was on a uh, there was Friday Night Lights where the kid couldn't find the hel- helmet. And then Booby Miles goes in and, oh, yeah. and injures his knee. And injures his knee. That's right. Crazy. Already Anyhow. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, I love these playoff chases like this. The NFC's kind of uh, – the NFC's isn't as good. Because after Seattle, 
Then you had the Lions at six and seven. So the one team is a game back, right? There are two teams, I guess, because of the tie. The tie might end up getting both Washington and the Giants in the dadgum, dadgum playoffs. But then after that, you got five and eight, five and eight, five and eight. Who wins the South? Um, without looking at the rest of the schedule, let's see here. Let's see here. I'm looking at Tampa Think Bay. Of this. They go to if, if New Orleans would have just closed that game last Monday, everybody'd be five and eight. Right. The whole division would be five and eight. Oh man. Okay, so Tampa Bay has Cincinnati at Arizona. Carolina at Atlanta. So you'd think Carolina and Atlanta would have the scheduling advantage here because they're playing the worst, the, the third and fourth place schedules for because of their finish last year. Here's Carolina. Steelers, Lions, at Bucks, at Saints. Steelers, Lions, at Bucks, at Saints. It's a lot better than All Cincinnati. Winnable. Yeah. All winnable for Carolina. What about Falcons? Here we go. At Saints, at Ravens, Cardinals, Bucks. Hmm. You really wish that Ravens game was probably this week with the uncertainty at quarterback and who's healthy and all that. Right. Hmm. I like Carolina to win out. Oh, my gosh. Better chance to talk about some, Talk about something you haven't heard anybody say in years. I know. <laughs> But that's such a horrible division. and man. It is bad. But it's like, who's playing the best football right now? Carolina looks pretty good. Looked pretty good. That win at Seattle is pretty good. Yep. Everybody have a great Tuesday. Thank you to Paul Jones and Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Hoops tonight, Big Elk and Paragon TV. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust.